He's an author and a rock star. He's reached highs that most can only dream of. He's also hit lows you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And now he's ready to share that journey and that truth with you on Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Please welcome your host, number 25, Darren McCarty. Yes, yes, yes. Wednesday, April 24th. It is a Wednesday night. I looked at my phone. It's 7.08 p.m. A little early, but this is what we do when we have great guests like my guest today who has a day job and actually has to get up at 4.45 in the morning. So, uh, Sean Belegian, we'll get to you. Thank you for coming in again. We're going to get to, uh, as we did a few episodes ago at the beginning of the first round, talk a lot of hockey and a lot of uh, NHL playoffs, uh, how freaking bad we all were and the upsets going on uh in the hockey world uh first things first so i gotta address it something here on grind time with darren mccarty uh, i am him four-time stanley cup champion thanks rev for uh working the board uh perry's here tonight uh, like I mentioned, my guest, Sean Belegian, uh, we're on WJR. WJR, Michigan Media Network. So, yeah, keep him busy, man. Keep him busy with that. Um, Want to say thank you to Tim Krakowski for all his help in getting this room and getting me and Grind Time going. Um, he's on a hiatus, uh, so he will. Uh, he's, uh, he's sort of done what a Kenny Holland has done. And uh, he's moved up to the upper management, I guess you could say. So, uh, Timmy, thank you for everything and getting us going and, uh, and being able to be here. But uh, on that note, uh, how many people do you know? How about I'm just going to go to the – this is what I'm going to segue this with, right? So Friday um, was a great friggin' day in Red Wing history, as we know. But I want to caveat this. was How many people do you know that in a 24-hour span – Got to shake hands and congratulate Steve Eisman for coming back to the organization. And then the next night, get a picture with Ron Jeremy, uh, opening up for him uh, in Flint at a comedy show. Yes, only you, your host. One right person. Here, one person. You would expect nothing less from me, uh, Darren McCarty. I did that. Um, I want to touch on that because uh, 420 was Saturday. Um, and anybody who knows me, uh, and my love of the cannabis plant, if I have to tell you, uh, these are Red Wing jerseys. This is my hall of fame. I've done everything, uh, as you've seen in the past, you can Google it. Uh, what I would do for the Red Wing crests on the front is what I do now for the cannabis plant because it saved my life and it can all the years, but I got, uh, so 420, I got to go up and see, see some, uh, some of my folks up, uh, in the Flint area and I got to open up for Ron Jeremy and I'll tell you this. Ron Jeremy, great conversation, nice guy, looks casket sharp, um, actually funnier than I thought, uh, pretty good stories, um, and you know what, the, the, he was really, really concerned of the Flint water crisis. No kidding. He wow. he had more questions. We had a conversation about that, and he had about four people from Flint up there telling him that he couldn't just, he couldn't believe the travesty. And he did remember, I did bring it up, because I believe... Um, that life doesn't go full circle. Uh, it, it's an infinity circle, so it closes and opens again. So mine with Ron Jeremy, I got to close mine because 1991, when I was 19, I got because I played junior with Brent Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's younger brother. So he was in LA at the time. I spent a week out there at Wayne's house. Got to go to bar one, and I saw. Thank you. I just said Wayne. It could have been Wayne Smith. 
Is he famous? You said Gretzky. No, it was Greg Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. You followed up, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, got to go to bar one, which uh, I said, yeah, Ron, I saw you and a couple other porn stars in there and named it off. And he went in, oh, yeah, uh, Nikki Six from all the crew. Oh, yeah, yeah, you probably saw me in here with this and this. And he went back. So a um, little bit of, uh, the, you know, Ron Jeremy was a uh, special ed teacher. That's what he started on. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 And he says, and he says it's pretty tough for a guy to come four times in 30 minutes when he has diabetes. That's all. That's what I got out of his set. So thank God I didn't have to do that. There's your uh, porn education 101 on grind wow. time early in the that's session. That's quite, quite a way to start the show. Yeah, man. you know, that's, yeah. that's what we do here. But let's go back to, uh, let's go back to yeah, the hockey porn now. And uh, that would be the landing the, uh, Number one free agent uh, out there, player, uh, or or elsewhere, and Steve Eiserman. And um, I'll tell everybody this right now, and I haven't, I don't know if I've said it on the record. I might have. But uh, we went through March 26, 1997, recently on the 22nd anniversary, and we talked through the game. And it's uh, if you haven't seen it, go to the Grind Time uh, podcast archive, and you can listen to it. Um, but what we talked... Uh, talked about then was that after that game it wasn't about the revenge but it was about winning the game because it was getting uh colorado off our back because we hadn't beat them but it was a proverbial sigh of wow it's gonna be all right i don't know what it means but it's gonna be all right that's the exact same feeling i had when chris illich announced steve eiserman as the gm of the detroit red wings moving forward it sent chills down my spine and i had the proverbial Okay, it's going to be all right. I don't know what it means, and um, I couldn't be more excited. It just, you know, you can use a lot of analogies, but uh, things are right in the world, and uh, um, I like the fact that he said the imperativeness of having the press conference so early is because they had work to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's no, no and, and what I love about it, what I love about it, why it makes so much sense is because he went away and cut his teeth. And he went away, and and he's got a track record, and he's failed, right now. Succeeded, sort of. If you look on the curve, if you're rating on the curve, and like in school, he's succeeded. But to him, he even said, Steve Eisman said, not winning a cup is something that disappoints him, right? So, all I know is history with Steve Eisman. Through great disappointment has come great strength and triumph. I've been there with them. I rode shotgun with them through some of the worst times and losing to Jersey in 95, losing to Colorado in 96, and then winning. So I don't know when. It's coming. It's sort of like Game of Thrones. It's coming. You, you, Sooner than later. Mac, a couple of things come to mind. Number one, how they were able to, to keep that so hush-hush. I mean, nobody knew. Well, I mean, no, no, I, and you're right. Nobody, you, I didn't know. Have, okay, I'm no, 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 I, no, no, I didn't know. But I think that the imperativeness that you see, and 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 it's been touched on, and it should be touched on. Ken Holland is. If you're going to retire another jersey, it would be Ken Holland's jersey, mm -hmm. in my opinion. That it would make sense out of anything for what he's meant to this organization, and no truer thing is leading by example and. You know, moving up and realizing the the good of what he always preached to us. Hey, we're gonna stay here. You're gonna take the hometown discount. You're gonna take a pay cut because why? Because of organization, right? Because you wanted to be here. It's all about culture. I was just gonna ask you. Now, we we talked about that the other day. 
And this culture, how was it created? Who created it? Was it one person? Was it Kenny? Was it Stevie B and the captain? And, I mean, obviously everybody bought into it. Well, now we can look back, right? I mean, I can sit here in 2019 and look back, and I have a great perspective because I grew up a Red Wing fan. I grew up 40 minutes, give or take 10 for the border, my house. I grew up in the Dead Wing era. Thank God we mentioned it before. Thank God I had the 84 Tigers. Mm-hmm. Or else I'd be freaking miserable like any 12-year-old these days with Detroit sports. Right? God, that's why I want the kids to know that hang your hats. that, And it's going to be done right. You know, with the pieces in place. Now, where does it start? I think you go back to when Mr. and Mrs. Ilge buy the team. Mm-hmm. I can't go from anywhere because that's when culture changes and what happens is work ethic. Now you're going to talk about this or that in anything else, but family was first and culture starts there. Now they bring Jimmy D now it goes through now. Now, if we want to break this down, you go through, go see the Russian five. You'll see how culture starts, where the Illiches, where Jim lights, where, uh, Jimmy Davilano, where Nick Polano, where guys that are willing to, for lack of a better term, do some shady shit, um, for the betterment, you know, like like it's that gray area, right? So you you're gonna you're gonna uh, Jimmy Devilano is gonna draft a Russian, right? He's gonna get cocky and he's gonna draft one in the third round. Slava Kozlov, oh oh, right? Yeah, so right, so there's that. But there's, you look at the way that the history's played out, but it's culture being brought. Now, what's the biggest end piece to that is Scotty Bowman. Mm-hmm. I mean, because winning, he brings, right? Jimmy Devilino in Russia 5. Well, you bring Scotty Bowman in, and it, the guys kind of listen to him because he's got Stanley Cup rings on all his fingers. <laughs> right? I <laughs> mean, it's. Bad. Uh, that was as bad as mine last week. Oh, my mine's God. Mine's better than yours, but. <laughs> but but right because and that's the thing but the culture starts and where so you go from leaders from up there from Illich from from Kenny learning that Stevie evolving change changing his game to a more all around game you know going from 150 points to winning Selkies it's buying into it but you have to have the parts it's like building the everything's got to come together, but you got to, the bottom line culture is, is believing in the guy next to you, believing in the purpose. And it started, it doesn't happen overnight. That's why what we've missed. I, I, and we haven't misfired on culture because, because you look at the kids, right? Okay. So we're not winning, but we got the right kids in place. We're not talking about, we ain't wondering if, uh, Dylan Larkin come to play like they're questioning Andre Drummond, right? We're not questioning that he's the next leader. The way that Anthony C, Mantha, Bertuzzi, Heronic, you know, all the other guys have come into place because they buy into it. You know what Steve Eisman says about the coach and the respect he has for Jeff Blashill back when they played uh, Grand Rapids in the playoffs five years ago. See, that's the whole thing. It's a built thing. And Stevie, what Stevie here is here is just to, to come and r- write the ship with what he's learned with everybody moving forward. And then that's all you, that's all you can ask. Because then your culture's set. Well, then it's about winning hockey games. Then, then, then boom. Then it's just about winning hockey games. You look, look, 
you know, we're going to start talking about playoff teams right now, right? The, the, the teams, uh, I'll, let's start with assessing last night, okay? Boston wins game seven, five, one at home, couple empty netters, whatever like that. That's culture. That's the one thing that I said is that you're going to find out that this is the biggest game for Toronto. And I don't think Toronto, I think Toronto didn't, they played hard. They played better. They, the last two games, you know, it's this thing that we said, the goaltending, the, the bounces, the goals, you know, that's culture too. You know, you're going to bet a seventh game. That's usually on culture. Now, what San Jose did last night, right? Where, where you, what they did is, you know, they get my fateful front runner pick like Washington. We, we question Washington's ability. And I asked Sean, I asked you before the game, who do you like game seven tonight between Carolina and Washington? You said Washington. Yep. If this was, if they hadn't won the cup last year and faced the, um, you'd think it's the same old Washington team, right? But it's culture. Yep. They built culture there. We've seen it. Ovi, you would think, is not going to allow that to happen. It's the same thing that you thought Marc-Andre Fleury wouldn't, but you can tell that, you know, all good gunslingers, goaltenders have their last, you know, happen to, happen to this guy right here, you know, goes out in seven games, uh, you know, after winning one, losing one, Ozzy, you know. Yeah. I mean, it... it it's it's just like a, a one of those things. So now, that's and you look, you know, we'll talk about Do the you, NFL draft in a bit. You look at you know the, the Cleveland, uh, L.A. They're trying to develop a culture, but yep. that's why they won't win, and that's why it's always the same teams that you count: the Pittsburghs, the the New Englands, all that. Hey, Mac, uh, going back to Toronto and, and the tough loss for the third time in the last five years to Boston. Do you see how Toronto's trying to establish like a Red Wing culture there by bringing Shanny in, bringing Babcock over, guys that have won? Do, do, you, do you see them well, trying was, to that, establish Yeah, I, little, I think we mentioned that a couple a of years ago. A little bit. I mean. Yeah, a couple of years ago when they when they made the move. Because culture's a, and you don't always win. It doesn't guarantee you win because you have things in place. Babs like, is getting killed today. Well, I don't know you, if you guys have heard, listened <laughs> to Toronto today. Babs yeah, but, is getting killed today. What's Toronto. but what are they killing him on? You know what everybody's saying is is he's stuck in his ways and he's rolling the four lines. And uh, you know, like especially uh, you were watching the game. I thought what Boston did take the short shifts and they if if you the third period they were on top of Toronto for a vast majority of the third period because they were taking those short shifts and they just and and every one of the lines you expected from Bergeron you I, who in my opinion yeah. the most underrated player in the league years running you expected from Marshawn. But when you're getting the third and fourth line going out there, playing like their hair's on fire. I know a line like that in Detroit a few years back that kind of made a name for itself. They, they were playing like their hair was on fire. So the puck was in Toronto's end for a vast majority of those first 10 minutes. And, and Mac, I think that goes back to your point. We're the Bruins. This is the way we're going to play. We, we are going to put the pressure on you, and you know we're going to find a way to get a goal. And I tip my cap to Freddie Anderson. I thought Freddie was, was great during the series. But you know what? Boston took advantage of what Toronto gave him, and that's why they move on. Yeah, no, I mean, that that to me, that was just sticky, like, experience. Yep. Those are guys that have won championships, and that's sort of like the last, you know, to me, what they had to get beyond. The, Bo the Boston's last ditch isn't done. Like, Pittsburgh... They might be beyond it, you know. Like that was sort of last year was their, or the year before was their. They're coming onto it just because I see what I experienced, right? So now you have you look at you know. Let's go through some uh, 
some of the other series, but like what Boston has is because when it can't push came to shove, guys stepped up, you know, and you know, whether or not it's winning's tough. I mean, Toronto, Toronto just, it's just that there's that thing, you know, there's that thing. And, and when, when did you first notice the culture of the Red Wings? Was it when you first joined or was it well, a year our cult, or two in? No, because our because the culture changed. Because when your Scotty first came, playoff was San Jose, right? Yeah, yeah, but it the it's you know you you noticed it probably ninety six. Okay, you know when you're gonna go to the Russian five and realize the puck possession and the talent and the identity and to realize that you know ninety six and then into ninety seven. You know, like it, we still were you know, developing our culture and our identity. And and so maybe it wasn't, maybe the answer to your question is March 26, 1997 is the answer when that nailed it. Yeah. Like you said, the proverbial, like, it's going to be all right. Right. And is that we, right. That, that, is that, and that didn't mean we were going to win, but it, and, and, and the, the thing is, is you'll feel it, not just the team, because when teams have it, they just talk about it. Right. They just talk, they tell you how they're feeling as a fan base. Okay, we're feeling this way. You're supposed to feel it. No. When you feel it, we all feel it. We don't need to talk about it. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's, it, it's, the, it's the proverbial, you just know. And we know because we've been there. So now um, our age group, you know, our, you know, for whatever, 40-somethings, 50s, 30s, whatever it is that are old enough to remember what it took Right, are going to be reminded because, for lack of a better term, our fearless leader has gone on a ten nine year track, gone out there and got educated throughout the world on different things, and brought all his little toys and his tools book and his back home. And I can't wait to see what plans it because I think the biggest thing with culture is direction. Yeah, you see. Yeah. A direction. You know, you, you want to talk, let's break it down to what I was talking about before, about grind time, the podcast. So we're trying to build a culture here. And it's a culture of, of people, like-minded people, that, you know, the same sort of things, whether it's me talking here, reaching out to all you guys out there, whether you're watching on Facebook or you're listening on a podcast, it's our connection where we can talk about these things. And I'm excited because, I'm excited because for la- uh, I know for lack of a better term, I just think it brings the whole organization, the whole family from from young to old together. Yeah. You know, like it draw. It's like it's almost it's almost like okay, so your cousins, you know, been over serving in you know the Middle East, and he's come home. Everybody, you know, he come, it makes the family feel you know um, fuller. Uh, more, more purposed and purposeful. And it's sort of like you said, one of the things uh, we talked about, and you can please allude to this, Sean, about what you liked is that when Stevie 10 seconds in, you know, the press conference and, and what he said, what what was it that you liked about the best? I loved, I love when he said there, there isn't going to be a short answer. Please, please be patient. This is, this is going to be tough and we don't want to get a little bit better. This franchise in the last 25 years has been judged by Stanley Cups. 
People need to hear that. It's not like he's going to walk in and wave a magic wand. He's going to have to get dirty. But here's a guy, to your point, Mac, following the junior ranks and doing broadcasts for whether it be the USHL or the OHL and even uh, um, university games. I've seen Steve Eiserman everywhere. Here's the general manager of the Tampa Lightning, okay? And, and this fucker's up in Plymouth. Can I say that? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. This, no, 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 but you know what, I, you know what I'm saying? It's my show, brother. Yeah, that's fucking air it out. Sean, say whatever the fuck Motherfucker, you Motherfucker, cocksucking <laughs> fucking, he's up in motherfucking Plymouth. I'm sitting there going, you're the general manager of the Tampa Lightning, and I get he's got a place up here, but he he's up there, he's up there scouting multiple OHL games, and, and he's up there with that serious, you know, the Stevie look on his face, that serious look on his face with the glasses and everything, studying these guys. And, and Mac, I think what you said is perfect. It wasn't all roses down in Tampa. He took over. He had a great first year. Remember, he brought in Guy Boucher, and everybody was like, oh, this is just brilliant. And then they flamed out. And they had to, they had to have some lumps. And, and the one thing that I love that he did, and this should put guys on, on notice. You guys know this. He made hard decisions. You know, to get something in this league, you have to give up something. Well, let's and, and you know what? take it back to, to Marty Sant, two of the – most prized people in Tampa history, Marty St. Louis, that he doesn't, that he's has, and he doesn't have him as a GM on the team Canada, trades him to New York, Benito Cavalier, same way, betterman of the hockey club. Look at Druin. You know, here's a kid that tried Whoa. to hold, he tried to hold Tampa hostage, and Steve said, you're not going to hold us hostage. You know, we need you right now. And he said, you need to trade me. You know, it's like slap shot. Trade to me right fucking now. And he, <laughs> he's, he's going, no, we need you right now. Duran responds in the playoffs. And guess what? All of a sudden, a phone call comes in and you get yourself a stud in Sergachev who's going to be a stud yeah, in this league. Really and and Duran's fine. He's a fine player. But those are the type of decisions that you have to make. And that... It might be part of this puzzle. He may let go of a guy that at first glance you're going, are you really getting rid of him? But you know what? I think he's kind of proved through his creativity he knows how to build a team. And so in that regard, I think people are willing to give him a lot of rope, so to speak, because his deals have worked out. That's where, in my opinion, he's made his mark in Tampa, is 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 the creativity, whether it be, as you mentioned, St. Louis, Le Cavier, uh, Drouin, making those deals, making his team better in the process. They're going to be good for years to come. Well, let's break. Let's let's start there in the playoffs with the with the upset of the first round. Even though there's a there's a bunch of them, but uh, the sweep of the Islanders uh, over Tampa Bay now over Pittsburgh. That was or, over uh, not. Columbus I mean, uh, Columbus who beat Tampa? Columbus. Uh, Columbus, yep. Columbus. Sorry, Columbus beat Tampa. Um, which I remember saying that I was if Kucherov. Doesn't show up like he did the year before. But this year, you know, I had mentioned that, you know, Hadman, Nor- he's up for the Norris perennial Nova Sky. Strawman, who's their stalwart back there, they just, as deep as they are, and they can roll four lines and get some sort of production, they weren't that good. And it came down to goaltending. And, and you know, Columbus, you know, they believe, like you said, you sat here with Ken said, they Rolled roll the dice, kept Bobrovsky, Panarin, made a deal for Duchesne. They put the eggs in the basket. All I see from that team is they believe in themselves. Abs- I was just going to say to you, was there ever a series that you can recall 
Where and they were down three nothing. In, in, in I mean, seventeen, uh, I was going to ask you to that point, Mac. Was there ever a, se- a series that you recall where I know nobody would say it, but maybe in the back of your head you're thinking, "I don't know if we can do this." And then as that series went on, they they started pounding Tampa. Make no mistake. No, about they that, took okay? over the series. Make no. Did you, they made Tampa quit? Absolutely. Yeah. Did. No, I mean you they did, did. They they you're like. Here's the kicker, and I knew it was over when Kucherov takes that dumbass penalty and gets suspended. That that's a guy that just you know selfish. You you can't do that because you got to face that adversity. That's why, you know, we look at you know the Washingtons who are facing Game Seven tonight um, against Carolina, but Carolina team too. They don't go away. They play hard. They play like their coach, right? Their coach is Rod Brindamore. Rod Brindamore was one of the, one of the best two way hockey players, and they called him Rod the Bod because he, he just would work out like a fiend. Right, uh, they but resilient, hardworking. The one thing that you'd always say about him as a player is, is you know, two way guy. You know, always always worked hard. So, um, yeah, Columbus moving forward. So they do they play the Islanders? No, Islanders are going to have uh, the winner. Uh, if, the, if the I don't winner think, of see. You know, what? it used to be sim- simple when they used to get the brackets and not reseed them because I, I, mean, the I can't pay attention. I'm sorry, yeah. we grew up with sixteen. The and that's give me Adams, Smythe. Uh, give me, give me the Patrick. Yes. Give me the Norris. That's we, what I want. Hey, I got a question though. They yeah. haven't been celebrating at home after the win with their little. No, they cut that out just before the season that's ended. Bullshit. Yeah, they it's, cut it out. I there. love that. It was, dude. That's so great. Did they do it when you were down there when you called the game? No, they weren't. They they hadn't done it yet. No, they hadn't. They oh, hadn't okay. done it yet. So uh, that that picked up, and you know, they should send a thank you note to Don Cherry after after the season oh, because uh, Don Cherry with the whole bunch of jerks thing yeah. made made that franchise a whole heck of a lot of money. We'll leave it at that. That was uh, I, I, I Mac. I'm so glad to hear you say that because. Uh, so many times you hear a stuffed shirt guy, you know, that's not the way you play the game. Have fun. Dude, have, it's, it's the whole bro- dude, gang I, is loving it. Go have fun. That's the whole thing. Play hard, have fun. If I'm going to tell you that when you're a kid, you know what I mean? That's all that is. It's not rubbing in anybody's faces. You ain't making fun. And, and it's creativity. And and the fact that who thinks he's up is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and the fact that the way they got a choreograph, what, what was your favorite? Did you have a favorite? Uh, you know what? I like the bowling one. I thought I thought bowling the bowling one was great. I like the was, fishing one. The duck, the duck hunt was pretty good. The yeah. two guys in the box. <laughs> yeah, oh, and right. dude, but everybody liked the the whatever what were they called the Game of Thrones or the whatever the, the oh, Excalibur yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a good. Yeah. But the, the fact that we're talking about it um, is you know phenomenal in that aspect for for what they've done. So we'll see. I mean, if but if Carolina wins tonight. It's. I'm not surprised. No. Is this the type of game that it would be? No, nope. I'll, I'll be pissed. Yeah, you ought to hear. You gotta. <laughs> I, I need. Uh, we need. Uh, we need them to lose. I. I want them to lose so I can. Uh, they can send the four guys back down the. Oh Charlotte. yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Perry's got a selfish interest because yes. his yes. Uh, Mike Vellucci is coach of the year. Coach in the of the HL. year in the HL. Yeah. There it is. Bowling boom. Oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Um, wait, wait. So was Bert? Who? Oh. There's the baseball one. Yeah, he, he hits one out of the park, or out of the building. Boy, Burke, you not like it? No, no, nah, he he's not like it at all. There, there's your Brian Burke, old fucking funny yeah. nutty stuffer. If you're if you're listening, we're watching the highlights. You can look it up at the Carolina. Hurricanes, bunch of jerks. Uh, it's pretty much like a whole bunch of guys uh, doing uh, 
Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson celebrations after they went at home, and uh, I think it's great. So they they play the winner. They play the Islanders. The Carolina or Washington plays the Islanders. Correct. Yeah. Who who took care of Pittsburgh four zip just like that? Well, that's you know back to what I said before is that that you know the way the coaching and and the Islanders are just uh, I don't think people and why would you? They play in Brooklyn in the Isle, but Robin Lehner. Um, Stood on his head. Matt Barzell could be a little water bug, but you know, you 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 talk about a coach getting a team to buy in. That oh. entire team bought into Barry Trotz. Well, how can you I mean, not? That, and that entire team bought in. I I I'd buy into Barry Trotz. Yeah. I talked to Ken Kale today to get his picks, and when we go over them, I got him, and that's what he said. He goes, "Best coach right now, still in the playoffs." He said, "Best defense." Barry Barry Trotz. Um. When we beat them out in 08, uh, first round, I remember going through the handshake line. And you always wonder, if people went in the handshake line, and and he took a few minutes and said, congratulations on, you know, like it, it meant a lot to me because I have yeah. a high respect for him. And, sure. and I just remember every time I – because if you, if you go into the way – all different re- arenas have different entry points, right? So there's sometimes you have to walk by the visiting team dressing room. Well, it, it, sometimes you don't. But if you go from the hotel in Nashville, you go down an elevator and you walk out in front of their dressing room down to yours. And more times than not, at the time I walk in, he'd be walking in. So I'd always get a chance to have a conversation with him. And I have the utmost respect for him and love what he's doing. And I'm happy he's won, but it shows you. The, there there you go, culture. Yep. I mean, is that our word of the day? This is the fucking culture yep. club? I mean, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. You know wow. what's, Mac, you know what's funny? I, I, I got to ask you this since you brought that up. I, I always love to hear both sides of a story because I had somebody, and if you think you're real hard, you can figure out who it is. I had somebody. I'm just going to say Ozzy right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, it, was, it was from Nashville. Get, oh. it, was, it, was, it was from Nashville. Right. Somebody from Nashville said to me, we had the Red Wings in that series. Barry Trotz had us completely bought in. We took those, those next two games. We had them. When Chris Osgood came in, because people forget, yeah, Hashik started. Yeah, he goes when Chris Osgood came in, he put his hand on his throat and he didn't let go. And you guys didn't lose again till the conference finals. I know you sweat, you swept. And the, the well, last that's two, when they, we Colorado, Colorado and the mule went on yep. a, like a twenty-eight goal stretch yeah, in like that? two games. You, you Wait, in your proverbial three-game sweep of Colorado, yeah, the that's the Sean is famous for calling out three-game sweeps. Uh, and if you don't know Kenny that, Kenny was chirping at me on, on Twitter, and I, I told him, I said, I'm not sure if Nashville wins three games in that series if it's best of nine. Hey, really, I'm not and sure. we're talking about Ken Cal, the voice of the, the the radio voice of the Red Wings, who is in here, and uh, Sean, you might be the only person Ken Cal ever chirped. <laughs> so I I don't know how that makes you feel. I don't yeah. you know what he can chir- you know when you say something like that, yeah, absolutely. You deserve to get chirped by yeah, anybody. I mean I No, I no, but you're the perfect I'm just saying that to, to, Well, you know what the thing is too? Listen, I mean, Dallas was a team that was falling apart not that long ago. Absolutely. You remember Dude, that whole whoa. thing Jim with Jimmy and, uh, and went Sagan south on saying and, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is a shit show. And Props to them. They played I mean, hard. They, they played really hard. Have you and seen? Ben hey, Bishop? have you seen Sagan play I, that hard in a lot? Like, like both ways? No, no, uh-uh. no, 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 no. Because that's a no. different thing. We're talking about Tyler Sagan. We watched him since he was sixteen years old. Yeah. But, I mean, no, no. I, I oh. see. 
you talk about culture or bought in or whatever else. And we got, you know, Jimmy Nell, who is the GM down there, who was, you know, as Stevie said, his press conference, I never thought there'd be a chance. I thought I'd go Kenny, then Jimmy Nell. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, it's trying the culture. Jim Montgomery's done a great job. Ben, ben Bishop is the real deal. Um, you know, like he is good, solid. Uh, Klingman, Kling, mm-hmm. Klingman, mm-hmm. the D-man. I mean, they're playing. They're 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 going. They they got some uh, some pop because Nashville, they're they're they weren't a pushover. No, you know. You know but it, but what really I really noticed is is Yossi and the Suban looked slow. Suban looked like it. You know, like he's on what do the you think back about? I don't know because I. You know, it's funny you were talking about it earlier because a few years ago. They had a game seven in Boston where everybody thought, okay, here it comes. And he took the game over. Like he took, and everybody was focused on him. And it was like, he knew it too. He was like, cool, come get me. Cause my teammates are going to get you. That was when and, he was at Montreal. Yeah, And the Habs, the Habs beat the Bruins in game seven. It, it was kind of that thing. It was like, you had to, you had to make sure that a, you didn't go Bruins. Cause you know, the Bruins are going to come after you in game seven in their home. And, and PK invited it on himself. You know, it, yep. I can't wait to go in there and rip their heart out. So the Bruins hear that. And what are they thinking, Mac? They're thinking, I'm going to oh, get focus that. On him. I'm going to yeah. get that guy. And it was like, you know, you could see there he's eating out of their hands. You know, I mean, it literally, it's it's just like, okay, this is, Price has got the rest of it. So that that was, uh, you know, one game seven where it kind of backfired on them. But Calgary, the same, <sighs> Calgary looked so slow to me, Mac. I, they, they, is Subban, you Calgary Subban, was and too, then hey, in my head. And, and speak of, let's give props to Mike Smith for that series. Jeez, because we, we went in in our pre preview show, had quite we all had questions about him and you know what that poor guy got hung out to dry I'm so sorry they were that. more you know what that that you really see culture immaturity mm-hmm. the, and where they need to grow it, because it was just every every whistle somebody's bitching at the raft it reminded me Johnny Goudreau reminded me of uh Crosby 15 years ago, 10 years, whatever, back in 05, 06, 07, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Little whining the bitch. Perpetual wine on his face, yeah. Just yeah. Play, like play the fucking game, yeah. bro. Yeah. It's playoff hockey. Hey, regular season, I get it. I'd have a fucking point, but it's fucking playoffs. And you know what? Push came to shove. Only their goalie really showed up. So that, you know, but, but again, on that, holy shit, Nathan McKinnon. That, that the only, hey, he picks that puck up. It, the only other guy is Anthony Sioux that it reminds it's, me of. It's in, that Rantanen kid has eyes in the every part of his head. That Rantanen is big. He he's got. I mean, seriously, the way he finds people, it's a that you know we we brought that up. Last, I think I think that might be the best line in hockey. I'll, I'll I, I, you know what? That's way I was gonna. One of my questions for you is in this: what line do you not want to face? I wouldn't want any part of. Th- they have everything. When the, when those two are together, it doesn't even matter who's on the other wing. That, to me, it doesn't. And they, you know, a lot of times it's Landeskog. They they've kind of so, moved them around a little bit. But but when when you're talking about Nathan McKinnon and Rantanen, you know, as you said, you got one guy that just has that burst, and you have this kid with eyes all over his gosh damn head, and and you know who's got some size to him as well. They're going to be really good, really fast. So they got they they got San Jose coming up. Yeah. Now, San Jose's got. The the breakout player of the playoffs, in my opinion, that is going to go probably heads up in that Thomas Hurdle. Oh, he's unbelievable. 
Dude, calls it a shot too. Jeez. Oh, oh, oh. I love it, dude. Excited, man. I would I love that. Plays hard as but he you know, there's always in the playoffs guys that you haven't heard of or you know, he's a great player, mm-hmm. but sort of coming into their own and um I mean if anybody didn't see that game last night, game seven, San Jose, Vegas, I'll do a quick recap for you. Because I watched Max Patch ready for Las Vegas make it three nothing about seven minutes into the into the third. And I'm like, oh, okay. I turned it back and it was three three. Like I I think I was watching ID network or something. No, what the hell is it? Uh, uh you'll like this. Uh I love that ID network. I was uh, no, I was watching uh, Gaspipe Castle on Mobsters, right? <laughs> no, exactly. That guy's a crazy loon. Anyways, that's uh, for another show. Anyway, where was I, Perry? Uh, third period, you turn back. It's Holy geez, tied it up. So they took a five-minute penalty. Yep. Couture scored, scored twice, tied it up. Then LeBlanc fires in on the right side and just buries it. Make a 4-3. And just know, and then you experience March show ties it up, yep. then it goes to overtime and, um, you know, like overtime now, uh, fuck what's the kid's oh. name? Goodwin. Good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Barkley. Barkley Goodwin. Right. <laughs> Peter cleaned him. Peter yeah. cleaned him. Yeah. What and I mean by that is, is Peter Klima X wing got traded to Edmonton, sat on the bench for like, didn't uh, didn't even play in the like fourth overtime. Went on the ice in Boston and scored the overtime winner. Well, won, remember nineteen ninety? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and so this guy comes off the bench and you know I that play by Carlson oh. at the blue line, uh, Eric Carlson, who's their D man that they got from San Jose or from Ottawa earlier in the year, which is which is I bring that up because when we're ready, when the red, that's the move that the Red Wings make for a guy a la that. Yeah. That's what, on, the, on defense, makes that play, kick goes in, scores. Because you talk about culture. Now, I've always viewed the San Jose Sharks as, as a respectable culture. You know what I mean? But just like, just could never, they're like Washington out there. They're, yep. they're the West Coast Washington. So when that, when I call them, you know, the, I don't call them my front runner, I call them my fate runner. Just like I called Perry, did I call Washington last year oh, after absolutely. game? If they won, I said after that. Down, I called it after. If I said if they win game three, look out because this could be O two wings. That you never know what that's going to do. Um, and I'm just glad we brought. I brought this up to you, Sean, because uh, and and listen, Sean gets up to do WJR at four forty five. <laughs> it's one thirty in the morning, and I know he's up at this moment when <laughs> Joe Thornton Joe Thornton backhands the puck out of the zone and it's kept in and and Vegas ties it up. I was so fucking glad San Jose because so, I would hate because I would remember that. Yep. You, you know to me, Mac, do you know what last night was too? It was it was welcome to the National Hockey League for Vegas because for the first time they really got their hearts ripped out. Last year yeah, was like a exactly. dream. Right. Last year was a dream. Vegas. Last year was uh, a dream. Fucking, Even losing uh, in the finals. Yeah, go like, cheer for your fucking Raiders. Like seriously, like fuck you. You went to the finals your first year. Right. I don't right. want to hear you cry. So everything's been so easy for them. So now they're like the rest of the teams in the league. You just had your heart ripped out of your chest. They threw it down on the ice and they took a skate blade to it. I mean, and that's what happened last night because not only to give up the lead, but then for Marcia Show to tie the game, you're thinking to yourself, 
All right. Well, now, all right. Vegas is going to get this. You know, Tide's Jerry's going to get him going. And and for them to lose like that, you're in the club now. You're an official National Hockey League team. When you get your hey, heart which, out wait, 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 wait. Look at that. Wait, wait. In two years, you, 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 you know, you could. It, they experience so. So if I'm going on the fate, right? Then I then I put Vegas in 95 wings, losing in the finals. Then it's like 96 Colorado. So that it could be the wake up call that they need moving forward. Obviously, they have the building block. That first line in Stastny, Stone, and Pacioretty, they real good. And the guys in the system. I mean, you know, like seriously, I mean, the, all those rumors about Kenny going to Seattle and, and obviously we know he's been kicked upstairs, but before that, there were all those rumors about Kenny going to Seattle. And I was thinking to myself, who wouldn't want to go into Seattle? I mean, the welcome to the NHL package that they what's gave. What's the, uh, right. speaking of Vegas. that, what's the, what's the word? What's the, is there a rumor of who's going to get that job? Or? It was Ken for a while. And, and you know, I, the big I, I heard thing, that one, but it's... McK- when McKenzie's talking about it, you know, and that wasn't that long ago when McKenzie's talking about it. So, you know, now I, I think Ken's happy where he's at, where, where he lives and um, obviously happy what he's doing. So your guess is as good as mine, what they're going to do, but that is a job that anybody would covet. When you're talking th- about the welcome to the NHL package they gave Vegas, are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want that? Half the teams in the league would trade spaces with that. Oh, with absolutely. That team. To get half that opportunity. Teams, half the teams in the league. No All, right. All right. Before we get going, Perry, will you uh, kindly go through um, the breakdowns of, of the predictions oh, for the do first we have round? To? Who's leading? It's a tie between you and Mr. Ken Cal. At how many? You're both three and four, depending. And if Washington wins, you'll both be four and four. Okay. Um, Washington's up one nothing. At home, Washington's up one nothing. So, um, so so basically, we all we got crushed. Who did uh, Sean have to go? Just go through Sean. Let's remind Sean who he had in the first round. All right. What did he? What? I'll I'll tell. You say what he predicted, and I'll say what really happened. Mm -hmm. Calgary in five. They got swept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vegas in seven. All four of us had Vegas in seven. That's right, yeah, because it came down to culture. Hmm? And I thought the flurry culture. Sharks going sharks. Sharks going sharks. We all did. Now, you know what? It's not going. And so, they, they had some so injuries going in. San Jose we, did. Uh, Perry, we're not going to talk. About, yes, they did. But you can't blame it on injuries because, you know, Tampa, you still wouldn't have thought that with their top two guys. Okay, next. Uh, Dallas and Nashville. Sean had... Nashville and three, but I, I made it four. <laughs> I, I can't. and what it was Dallas and Dallas and seven. six. Dallas, Dallas and, and six. Yep. Dallas and six. Yep. Yep. And then, that uh, would you say that that well? <laughs> wait, <laughs> I just caught myself. I was gonna say, would you say that's a surprise of the first row? <laughs> uh, I mean, Columbus aside, um, the way that they, but I'm just the way that the games played out i guess that 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 sort of surprise the sweep surprised me but not as much as the, the dallas i because of the turmoil early on in the season I, I, that's exactly what i was banking on honestly that's exactly what i was banking so, on. Just so again when mess. we're talking if this is the culture talk then that goes to show you that there's progress in their culture what else uh next one st louis and Winnipeg, Sean had Winnipeg in seven, and the rest of us had Winnipeg in six. 
So that was a that was a four to two uh, St. Louis. That was St. Louis in six. Mm-hmm. I think you misspelled. I think I had St. Louis in six pair. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. And then obviously uh, uh, Sean had uh, Tampa in five, and we know yeah. how that turned out for all of us. Unbelievable. And then the Boston Toronto series. Sean was the only one to take Toronto in seven. We all had seven, and I took the Leafs in seven. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. I like Anderson. I do. I, I and I thought that was one. Well, one of a, of a few, in my opinion, that I think uh, when when you're looking for uh, uh, bad guys in Toronto today, don't look Freddie Anderson's way. I, I thought he was. I thought he was stellar. Who would you look to? Uh, poor Gardner again. That poor kid, two years in a row to to have. Now it wasn't as bad as last year. But you know when when he did that reverse behind the net on the second goal to nobody I, to nobody. Or, wait, no, no, wait, no. It was to Nordstrom or yeah, who? yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Nordstrom. Ah, uh, uh, by the way, he played for the other team. I, you know what? I honestly, I, I, I. It was like that weird deja vu because I'm not joking. I get uncomfortable seeing guys have I do. games. So like do I, that. dude. I, I gotta change it seriously. That's why. Think about it. That's why I watch like mobster shit or death shit or whatever. I'd rather turn it to watch some true crime thing than go through something that I know what it feels like. The experience. That poor of- kid had. I mean, I don't think this is an overstatement. Two nothing already. Caps. Um, I don't Again, think this culture. Is a, I don't think this is an overstatement. It was one of the worst game sevens ever last year. I mean, it was it was atrocious. So when he made that what, reverse, Tiki five, yeah, yeah. So when when he when Tiki he, means minus, by the way, when when he when he when he made that reverse and then he went to the bench and they they had that camera shot of him and he just eyes wide open and he just went. <sighs> Like that, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go this. watch The Unforgiven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go watch oh, Little Bill hey. beat the shit out of somebody. Hey, you know what? I think he did it for us, boy. Our boy Tommy Wilson, Tom Wilson, former Plymouth Whaler, oh. opens up. Oh, do you think he learned that from Ovi? Do you see the way he opened up there, almost on the goal line? And did you see where that puck went? <laughs> Short side roof. I think he watched your overtime goal in uh, uh, March 26th. Oh, How you opened up Perry, against God. Perry? Were you at the Listen, game? Listen, that was that was awesome. Mac, I know you're you're up for a good OHL story. Were you at the Always. Game? Were, you, were, you, were you at the game against London where he just I've I've never seen he was a one man record. Absolutely, he scored, he scored yeah. four goals against London in the playoff. Mac, it was, he was inhuman. It, like honestly, it was like one of those moments where it was like an out of body experience. Like there was nothing anybody could do to him. It was it was really it was weird to watch. Like. You're a man among well, boys. Here's, right and now. here's the whole thing, too, is that you – and you you, but you can see it in, in the OHL a little more. I played against Eric Lindros, <laughs> right? We Perry, – Perry changes diapers or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, no, we came through but, – but, right? So there's certain – at that age where – and I experienced it, too, like, looking back. But, like, when you're a 19-year-old in, in the OHL and you and you got some confidence, it could be the greatest fucking – that, 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 like, for me, as far as playing hockey and, like, feeling indestructible my last year in junior – Having so much because you really and and Willie's the same way. You just scare the shit out of yep. the kids because yep. you're playing against kids. You're, the oldest guy might be a year older than you, right? And the, and there's only two on each team, and usually one of them's a goalie. Yeah, right. So so the physicality of it and understanding the psychology because that's what I see with Tom Wilson, right? Is is that he? Because because it's not. It's you got to realize is that he is the one of the perennial power forwards in the league. 
now and to be a power forward in this league, it's not the same as when I played, yeah. okay? Because what you have to be smarter. You have to be smart to play that position now. You A, you got to be, be able to skate, right? Skating is number one in this thing, right? So to be able to skate, be physical, and also have a great set of hands, but also what I think you see with him, because, hey, what I love about Willie and what makes Willie so valuable is unpredictability. Right, which in other words is a nice way of saying he's fucking got some crazy in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes one to no one, yeah, right? Yeah. Takes one to no one, which is willing, right? But he's learned how to how to temper that. Mm -hmm. um, they tried to do that to him back in the OHL, but you can't. But he, wait, here's the thing. But there's uh there's the right. See, whatever communication and and it probably it had to start with Barry Trotz and Todd Reardon who's a coach has continued it or whatever and it and it goes into the leadership what you see there there's no they're up to nothing or whatever and they haven't played a great series they've allowed in my opinion Carolina to hang around this series yeah. right but what he is the culture you see with the Ovi's about the guys when you win and then you believe and you just go and and you realize your value because you realize your worth, right? And and that's you know you play playing with two of the top players in the NHL and making it look. I mean, dude, if he was, I mean, I know Ovi was uh, the MVP last year, but I mean, Willie was like my MVP. I mean, without him. They don't, because they're so much bigger. He's still only, he just turned 25. I mean, that's the crazy thing. That's what people don't understand. Like, Mac, when you when you won the cup, you were, you were, you were only 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, so I mean that's, want, that's what people yeah. don't understand. It's, it's just, you know what? And as you get older, you know, you, you think you know it all at 25. I can't imagine what it's like at the National Hockey League level. Well, when you get in your 40s like us, you sit back and you're like, I didn't know shit at 25. No. I didn't know shit at 25. It's and crazy. That's the thing that people don't understand is, you know, here's a guy with all the ups and downs that he's had that has matured into the, the player he's had, he's matured into today, and he's still <laughs> only that, 25. As he's, as he's hogtying Tara Vine and we're trying to get into the bench. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, get out of here. What are you doing? Uh, I mean. Yeah, I love him. But I, yeah, because they don't. Like you said, to be able to be that versatile and to be, you know, that tough, but to, to be able to pick your spots and yeah. to know when when to, when to use it. <laughs> uh, it's just great to watch. And it's great to see, you know, guys that, you know, we know yeah. or, or that, yep. that oh, are real. Oh, yeah. And you know what, uh, Mac, he's, uh, he's perilously one of the nicest guys. I mean, like you, you're, you've always been a great guy with the media and I'm, I'm a kiss your butt. You know that. Yeah. Um, no, you've that's... always been a nice guy and uh, Tommy's the same way. He's just a, a great kid, a great family. And, uh, I, I couldn't be happier. For that's him. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's it. So who's, uh, so this, all right. Rounds. So, so, all right, let's start, pick a matchup for the second round. All right. Uh, and and I've like I said I have Ken's Cal's picks. Uh, let's go Boston Columbus. Boston Columbus. Columbus coming off a little well. Quite a I, bit I'm of going, dude. You know what? How much? Is oh that? man! I See, I I'm going Columbus. I'm going. I'm going Columbus. Columbus in six. 
I'm going Columbus in six. I'm riding the tort train. So am I. I they, they just they played <laughs> so well. They played so well. I'm. Hey, you know what? It's got to be all Manny Legacy and that goaltending coaching of, <laughs> yeah. of, of Bob Roski. Um, good old man. I'm going. I'm. What's Kenny go? You go six. Columbus in six. What yeah. are you going? I'm going Columbus, and I'm going in uh, seven. And what can I think, boss? And uh, all he did was give me his pick, but he's got Columbus. He said uh, uh, just the way they're playing in the defense. Ken Callis. He, he he loves. He said he loves defense in the playoffs and goaltending, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Yeah. So, but, wow, that's we see that's Columbus. sort of like that's sort of one of those ones because I think that my, my theory in that also too is fresher legs. Fresher legs against yeah. an older team, um, uh, you know, like you said. To the the one thing is that yeah, Boston can roll those guys, but you know when it comes down to it, I just think that what's it's going to be a physical series. What's your take as a guy who's had rest and had rust? Yes. What's your take on rest and rust? It all depends. Uh, in the playoffs, yeah. I believe rest is is second to none as far as it, because you can stay sharp because you're. <laughs> Especially, I think before the first round, right? Because once you get into that, once you start playing the game, you know, because you really don't practice. It's all about maintenance. It's all about you know. You honestly, you do more golfing than you do. I did. Joey and I did more golfing than we did skating between games and stuff like that. So it's sort of a balance. I think again, culture and it goes to your team. How matures your team? You know, how responsible, you know, we were built where Scotty, you know, we had to, you know, parent our, uh, us, you know, we sort of had a long leash, but there were certain pockets that sort of watched over, but we, you know, had more of a free reign as opposed to, you know, you know, Babs was a little bit more structured and stuff. So does it make <laughs> a difference for, for to have that much time I think when off, you're younger, you want to keep playing, right? That's you what I was going to say. For, for a young team. Young team, like you got to keep them. They, they want to keep going, right? I, I think it would benefit. But I, the only th you know, it's tough to say. It might be, uh, they might be a little too fired up coming out for the next game. But I just think that over the long run, you know, the the minutes that, the, that they have to play, the, the way that they've sort of, buy into each other and like you said the it starts with goaltending and defense out i mean psh, man seth jones and uh Wranski, i mean are two of the, two of the bad uh, let's speak about young guys you know to watch absolutely uh, it, it starts popeye you, jones's kid you, you know what but the, zach's it, from the, here the thing that you saw over, over the course of that series and, and i know you touched on it but i, I think it bears repeating they just bought in. They believed. They took it to Tampa. And 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 there's and, such a difference. Like like the Islanders Penguin series. I, I know Pittsburgh got some shit because you know coach came out afterwards and said I think the series was closer than it indicates. And ah, you guys got swept. It was no, okay. it was. It was right Tampa there. Tampa and Columbus wasn't. Wasn't no. It you, wasn't. How much a difference too? Now we come down to coaching with uh, with Torts behind the bench for Columbus. He's got to be a good guy for for the, for this age group with what he's got going. Well, there. I think once you get them to believe then it's easy to buy you know what i'm saying like at a younger age I, they, they've gone through see you look at adversity they faced it all year you know in their room whatever like this that and and for the public to hear about it no that means it's a lot bigger than so whatever they figured out a I week mean, before the season ended people thought 
that they weren't going to make the playoffs. No, I know. I mean, that, people thought that they, it was going to be... They got the like, us against them mentality. Columbus, and oh that my can gosh, carry you. they screw up and everything. So, yeah, it'll be fun. The us against them mentality can carry you. What's the next one? Okay, the next one we have Dallas and St. Louis. Blues in three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's... I, you know what? Like, I like St. Louis a lot. Dallas, you know, I, I got St. Louis in six. Blues in... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Blues in seven. Blues in seven. Blues in seven. Yep. And I, yeah, I'm going to take Dallas in... I'm going to say Dallas in six. What Why? Take? Why? Give me some reasoning behind that. Because Ken Kell's got Dallas, and I and I'm not going to argue with Ken <laughs> Kell right now. In this, but I like. Here's the thing. See, the goal Perry admits. The goal time. time Perry admits when he's cheating. See, I've taught him that. Just so oh, now I can't. Yeah. I can't. Now I got nowhere to go with this, right? Mike. Mike's in. Here I'm going no right because now. I'm going with the goaltending. And I think because you're copying going, off of Ken Kell. And, and no, I do like that fact because you know when you get right at some hot goalie, and we're going back to culture. I think their mentality's changed in Dallas. Yeah, but see that there. But I don't think. See, here's the thing. I also think that culture, with the way that St. Louis and to get through that first round, and the way that they've played uh, with Brute, that I think it's see. See, you got to St. St. Louis. It's got to happen. One of these, like they're too. Like I'm in the point, Sean, where I want them because. They deserve more. <laughs> they're they're nicer bunch of people, you know. Like they're they're a good bunch of people that have never got anything with with a team that just the guy good guys that I like, you know. Like I want to see them successful. Dallas is Dallas is still to me smoking mirrors. It, you know, again, here's the, another team. Like we were talking about Columbus. I mean, in December, I, I was on a St. Louis radio station. They were talking about blowing it up, and they were talking about a lot of the rumors that were out there, and, and maybe they were going to make a play for Jimmy Howard for their goalie of the future. Right. You know, and, and that, that was the big rumor making the rounds. And I, I think it was January, from January 2nd on, they were the hottest team in the league. Oh, they yeah. were. Yeah, they, 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 been, I mean, and that's something, something to be said about that, and they've, they've carried it over. They beat a darn good Winnipeg team. I, I really like... You want to talk about a guy that that took his lumps, uh, Kevin Chevalier off their general manager, said, all right, guys, we're going to suck. And he did it the way that I expect Steve to do it. You know what? We're, we're not going to, yeah, we might be able to squeak in, but we're going to stay the course. We're going to we're gonna groom our guys. We're going to make some moves, maybe trade this guy off, trade that guy but, off to upgrade. And and I like the way he did it. It just didn't pay off this But year. here's the thing, and, and to your point, I believe we're closer – Stevie start than what Shovel Dayoff had to no start play, off, no doubt, right? No so, doubt, so, but the 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 fact that you know it works works out that way is like he said. If if something comes along that makes sense, we're gonna do it. Yep. I'm not gonna say no, but the fact that you know, I I really believe and getting back to that the, the decision to realize. People ask me, oh, like you said, it was so hush. Because I think that it happened the way that they said. I believe it. Like last minute where Kenny, Kenny realized coming down the stretch that, holy, like the progress that that Larkin was making. Like all these guys are making that black. Like, and it was like that sort of thing. It It's just the way that it, that it works out. So, so I say to everybody, this is my question. So you're you're telling me that before the year that if I told you that the that you know four or five guys would show unique improvement, you're not gonna make playoffs, but you get Steve Eisenman and everybody all right with that? 
Crazy. And you know what? I wouldn't at all be shocked if he ends up trading one of those guys. I wouldn't at all be shocked. Because no. that's been his MO. Like he's gonna make hard decisions. He's probably gonna make a decision. Yeah, but the that- whole thing is when when he does it though, you watch in return. Absolutely. Right? It's gonna be something you're gonna have to give something to get something. Right. And that, and that's not the problem. But the thing is, is what you have to trust is direction. Culture yep. comes direction. So, you know, uh, Scotty Bowman traded a 50 goal guy in Ray Shepard for the 37 year old Igor Larionov. How'd that work out? Right. Oh, that's. <laughs> hey, Dennis Johnson and Tommy Morris. Hey, what's yep. up, Heavy D? They're both, uh, they're both with me and Dallas, but they have Dallas. Both of them have Dallas in seven. Goaltending is what they're saying. Okay, all right, you're going with the Bish. You, no. you can't. I mean, if you're going to stay with the Bishop, I guess you can. You can, but uh, again, intriguing series, Sean. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see it, it. It could be one of those things where either or. I think the first, you know, home serve really. You you talk about like St. Louis, their whole franchise career, like early on when Scotty was their coach and got him to the finals those years, and they weren't going to beat the teams uh, on this side. But even Mac, like back in your day. St. Louis always had good teams, and that was their problem. That's they were just good. That well, was that was always their problem. They were just good teams. Well, you know, it's like you know, like I tell it's St. Louis, and it's like I tell all the Chicago people that they should thank me for retiring so that they could win cups. <laughs> you know, that's you know, but St. Louis had to go through us, Phoenix, yep. Winnipeg, yep. us. The the you know, we were talking about this on the golf course the other day. Um, uh, shout out to Paul if he's listening. Yeah. Smooth lefty, wrap that thing around oh, his yeah. head. Holy cow. Um, and congratulations <laughs> yes, on the divorce. On the divorce. It was, was on his divorce day. That's funny. Um, uh, but, but Mac was saying there's a team you have to go through. Yeah, we had to go through Colorado. You know, Dallas got lucky and snuck in there, or else it would have been our show and them. That's, you know, what happens. I think, you know, as we're going to talk into the football that's what the Lions run into in the old, you know, Norris division, as you say, with the Chicago's and the yeah. Green Bay's and Minnesota's and stuff like that. But, you know, to get back to it, it's all about, you know, it's it's all about the culture and it's all about the thing. But you you just have to something to get over it. I mean, I talked about it. Yeah, I don't know. The only way out is through. That team in 96, too, and if you remember, they kind of went mercenary because it was like, um, you know, everybody remembers Stevie's goal. It was John Casey. They brought in yeah. John Casey, you know, in net. And, you know, obviously Wayne was there. And uh, I always liked Shane Corson. Yeah. And, and Shane Corson was on that team. That was a team that probably would have beaten anybody else in that series. Right, that's I mean, it. Like, honestly. That's, see, but matchups. They had to play the wings. They had to play the wings of Joe Lewis. And that was Stevie's moment, see, you know? Matchups are so key. You know, timing, you know, who you got to go through. I think, the, you know, with the seedings and stuff like that, it's like, you know, who are matchups a lot of time, you know, dictate, you know, uh, and sometimes when you think it's an easier path, it really, you know, isn't. They're all tough. In this day and age, I mean, it's when you see a sweep, I mean, you're surprised. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird how they, like, in, the, in the league today, too, there are just teams that, for whatever reason, they match up all right with that team, but maybe they play a crappy team and they don't match up with them. Absolutely. It's, it's really weird how the game is, and I don't know if it's set pieces. I, I don't know what it is, but that's just something. Boy, when it was younger, crappy teams lost to good teams. Yeah. You set your watch to it. It's not like that anymore. There's no. a team that's just, oh, I don't like that matchup. It's like, what is this, the NBA? But you've seen more and more of that in recent I, years. Do you think? What all this analytics and the video and I, I mean, like, dude, 
Guys watch video on the bench. Yeah. Do you see that? They got tablets on the... What Isn't the it funny? Mix? And back in Dude, your day, everybody... Set play. What's a set play? Everybody made Get fun over of, the nine and go to the net. Everybody made fun of Captain Video, Roger Nielsen. Isn't that hysterical yeah. now? I mean, you're talking 30 years ago. People, What's this guy doing? He's got VCR tapes in him. Everybody's got tape now on their laptops, on their phones, on the iPads. It's incredible. All right. What's the next one, Perry? Okay, so the next one we have uh, San Jose and Colorado. You go first. Oh, Colorado. I got Colorado in uh, six. I'm going with that shark destiny. I, I, I honestly, I, I, I like Pete DeBoer and Steve Spot. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. There's some familiarity there, um, but I think Carlson on the blue line. Um, the way that they face the adversity in the series, when when you see a team go down three one. And three nothing in game seven fight their way back. There's something going on with them. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go San Jose in uh seven. I'm going San Jose in six. Same fate I can't my fate favorite there, there's something to it. Yep. It's gonna be a great series though. Yep. Like I, uh, and well, I, well, I, th- I think yeah, that's gonna be a great series. Same I think Dallas St. Louis is just gonna be I think they're gonna beat each other up pretty yeah. good too. Yeah. And this is gonna be so Ken Cal picked Colorado. Ah. I'm going with Ken again. Of course, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, when you're one and six, you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Just keep copying. Yep. So. <laughs> Flashbacks to high school. Hey, if I'm going to suck, I'm going to suck on my own. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. I already did that. I'm going to try something different. You know, you got to. Yeah. Um, and then the final one will be the Islanders against the winner of uh, Cal- uh, Carolina and Washington, which Washington looks like they've got the thing right You would now. think. But, do, you know, how's that? That. That's a tough matchup because, you know, you'd uh, you'd have to take Washington. I would have to take Washington in six, but Barry against the Islanders is so intriguing. It's but that's just—it's been such. He a knows. Story. See, that's the thing is that now you, people understand Barry Trotz, the coach of the Islanders. If they play Washington, coached them to a Stanley Cup championship last year. So the fact that he knows all these guys and what it would mean. Yeah, I'm going to go Islanders in seven. <laughs> no, wait. It would have to be Islanders in six because there's no way Washington loses seven at home. So, so you'd have to go Islanders in six. Oh, I'm going Islanders in six. Ah, you did it. I feel so dirty. I'm going seven. Okay. I'm You're going, going Islanders se- Oh, hell yeah. Would, like, wait, wait. What can you choose? Can, well, he hasn't chose yet because he doesn't know. That's what he said. He goes, I don't know yet. I'm not picking. So, But I but I agree. I mean, Trotz is just into it. I mean, into the head. Um had to slide over and check the checkers score. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. the score? So, two nothing. They're up two nothing halfway through the. Um, what's the GR sec- score? And that's uh, uh, they're one one in the series. And GR, uh, GR just scored. It was. Uh, you saw the game last night, right? You saw. They're, the- I saw the highlights. GR just scored. My the boy Macaron. One to not one nothing. Dude, it's a clean hit, dude. You're gonna give, dude. I, I watched the replay on that. And I'm going. Idiot! Did like, you did you see the tweet that the wolves put out? No, uh, I, I I actually retweeted them and, and made fun of them. You want to you want to sit and tell what happened? Okay, uh, so last ahead. night in the uh, AHL, the Grand Rapids Griffins playoff uh, against uh, the Chicago Wolves, Dylan McElrath, uh, the big defenseman that was called up, uh, guys coming down the uh, coming down the wing with his head down, guy pinching him off and. <laughs> D-Mac just freaking stood up and lambasted him. Now, did he hit him in the head? Is that what it was? Yeah, or? well, this is this is what the Wolves said. This is the Wolves' perspective. And, and I, I tweeted this out and added to it. 
They said almost everything went perfectly in game three. Well, except one, the Griffins' multiple head hunting episodes. Two, their ice crew's inability to keep the ice as ice. There was about an hour delay in the game. Three, one of the referees being a recent Van Andel Arena employee. So I, I wait, wait, what? One of the referees being a recent Van Andel Arena employee. So I put number four, Dean Blandino was in the owner's party bus, and number five, wah. And I retweeted <laughs> him. It's it's the playoffs. Oh like seriously, God. are you are you kidding uh... me here? Oh, it's a disaster, absolute disaster that that you act like that. So we'll and, see. And where's that at? That's is it two to one for series? Uh... Tr. Yeah, so they're looking. If they win tonight, they they wrap it up. They're up one nothing with uh, eleven minutes to go in the second. So half halfway through. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was a clean hit. Let's hope they win and make, oh, Giovanni we, Smith, maybe, that's uh, my guy. Maybe we'll take a we'll take a road trip. Yeah, I was. Uh, Let's go. Let's go. Huh, that would be a that'd be a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, too oh, too funny. God. Oh, that would that would be good. So One that of the referees that, being a recent Van Andel arena employee. No what the what hell do they mean by that? What he, he shoveled the ice? Clear, I mean, clearly he was on the payroll. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, you've you know, dealt just, with that, I'm sure. So, oh yeah, it's yeah. uh, yeah, I, I'm, but I mean, for a Twitter account to say something like that, I mean, no, no, it, for a team, for a professional team's twitter account like hey dude joe joe schmoke can friggin tweet that out all he wants right yep. but when you have that blue check mark and you're an organization fucking grow up well, yeah. well remember the girl there uh, the for uh the blackhawks one of their uh 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 interview girls interviewers uh two years ago got fired for the kane comment she made a comment about kane something about sex and all that and yeah they boom just like that they fired her so Sounds like that's part of the Chicago Blackhawks culture. I don't get it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And you know. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to understand that, Perry, how that relates. How does walls, that relate to because somebody tweeting about the – This is from the Chicago Wolves. I understand. So, so you're saying that the reporter for the Blackhawks tweeting about Patrick Kane, uh, something that happened – has something to do with the team the complaining Hawks? about was referees. It, I don't. It, was it the Hawks tweet? Was it the was Hawks? It the Hawks? Barry? Yeah, and I'm gonna. Um, All right. The Hawks. Blackhawks reporter fired after sex. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was a Blackhawks reporter. I'm just oh, saying. She was a reporter. Okay. Yeah, for the yeah. for the Blackhawks. Right. Yeah, so it's part of their culture of tweeting stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just I just didn't know where you're going with that. I mean, I still don't, but okay, that's you. Trust me, trust me. That's yeah. Okay, we're oh, so we're just bagging on Chicago. Yes, basically, Uh, you're bagging on Chicago. Let's leave DePaul alone. Just leave DePaul alone. That's all I ask. Sister Mary, that's that's where my son goes to school. (laughs) That's a good. That's a good school. Um, all right. So uh, out out of the second round matchups, uh. Perry, Perry already tipped his hand, said that he's going to make sure that his uh, DVR is set to CNBC to watch uh, St. Louis and Dallas series. Which one uh, Which one you got your Man, eye on? Man, that's so hard. I, the Trots angle is, is massive. I mean, the Islanders have been such a great story, and the way they've been limiting teams, they didn't just lead the league in goals against and goals allowed. I mean, they, they, they blew it away, and there's something to be said for that. And then um, – 
you know what? Colorado's fascinating to me. I, I know around here people still cringe when they hear that word because um, they're pretty good right now. But again, people forget they're getting Ottawa's pick. They're gonna you know, be really, they're, they're gonna, really good. They're gonna be really good. They're they're gonna be a really good team, uh, very very soon. So uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And you know what's interesting? I wonder if Patty Waz may be having some regret from storming away and having his his temper tantrum and taking his ball and going back home. Hey, because, you know what? You, you know, know what? You know what? Grind time with Darren McCarty has to say about that. Who fucking cares? <laughs> fucking whiner. <laughs> I hope he is. I mean, so he's thinking about that and thinking about me, and he's thinking about Vernie beating him up and thinking about Ozzy beating him up. And... <laughs> All right, you know what? He's a miserable dude. You brought it up. You, do you know, the? well, there are two guys. I always respected the hell out of Forsberg. How did you hate Joe Sackick? I didn't. Yeah, what's there to hate no, about? No, dude. Him? Like, I used I to love say Joe that back I, then. I, listen, I used to tell everybody, when I w- wasn't on the ice, you know, check him wherever, like on the, I just, spot shot him watch him or the relief and he's the nicest guy too and he's from burnaby that's where i'm from so fuck. well you know mac that was like, like no no you couldn't you because can't. you don't you, you can't. can't it's like stevie you can't be a colorado it's, it's there yeah. it's there and and the the analogy in comparison the fact that that those two guys are almost like the left-handed right-handed version of each other mm-hmm. and i always tell the story stevie was enamored of trying to get a right-handed uh, Sackett curve. He always had trying to get because Sackett shot left, but it was always they. I, I, from my vantage point, that was one of the guys that Stevie just had the utmost respect for. We all did. Yeah. Now we play hard against him, but like, but again, Forsberg and Wah and Foot, we hate it. Yeah. Ricci, great guy. Yeah. You know, I known him since junior. Like, yeah. there's just it's different guys, but you know, again, that comes down to people. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as uh, in the you know in the media business. Yeah. You know, ninety five percent of the guys are good guys. Then there's these, then there's the five percent. Yeah. Just so happens that five percent works in Detroit right now. <laughs> <laughs> One or two uh, of them. Ah, yep. All right. So before we get off the playoff topic, any front runners? Anybody you like going into the second round? That if you had to put your Put a dollar on it. Who would you? uh... Isn't that funny though? I I ask you that question because I thought about it. You know, and and think about it, Gary Bettman. Right, it's a perfect world. Okay, you got two number one seeds that are out, and you do not have somebody. You could just as well make a case for Columbus as you could. You know, for Washington, cost certainty. This is what the league wanted. I mean, this Absolutely. is this is this is what they wanted. They wanted cost certainty, and uh, you know what? There's two ways to look at it. I mean, in in a certain, I think it's great. I really do. I I think it's great. And then there's that part of you that says exactly what you just said, Mac. Is like, well, is it really great to not have like? There's not a villain out there right now. You know, the team that you're looking at, you might not like this team or that. You but might isn't still that, hate Colorado but isn't the that Bruins, society? Yeah. Isn't that the, what we, we don't live? The, the world isn't 1970, 80 when we grew up, right? Like, I mean, our sports ain't that, where it's uh, the dominant, the salary cap, you got four teams, this, you know, whatever it is, right? So now in this millennial multimedia 10 second clip, um, you know, got to keep everybody, you know, participation, got to keep everybody, you know, right there instead of like, I don't know. I learned dominance, 
You know, you dominate and from the top and down. So in saying that, I think we're just, it's society. Same thing as, as, as the, the same hip that we watch in 1980, guy coming through the middle with his head down, get lit up. In 1980, you're like, you stupid idiot. What are you going through the middle of your head down? Right? 2019, you're putting the guy in jail who hit him. What are you doing touching him like that? What hey, are you? Oh, oh Mac. I, so so I, I think I think that it's it's sports these days. We're, we're, we've, we, we're in that vessel. So my thing is to everybody, don't fight it anymore. Just accept the fact that it's not your game. It's not the game. It's not our game. We can go back. The greatest thing is we can talk OHL. We can talk <laughs> history. We can talk Canadians, it. right? Because hockey people can can sit there and go back to a time frame the way it is. That's the greatest thing. You put hockey people and they'll remember whatever else and ring names up and smells and places. And that's sort of trying to... So I guess the... The whole thing is is bringing the culture of the old into the new of the game. You know what's interesting, though? You're, you're still going to have, because I got some shit on Twitter last week, the Svechnikov Ovi thing, right? All right? I, you know, I don't want to see a guy get a concussion. No, I, absolutely. I, nobody nobody right. wants to see it, okay? But but here's the thing. If somebody got mad at me because I said he, he learned a lesson. And what are you talking about? You're rooting for that? I said, no. Here's a kid that not only did he shake his head yes, but we found out after the game, he said... Let's go. And you don't want to risk that? Don't ask a guy to fight. I mean, really, it's it. that's the world that we grew up in. And, you know, I'll go back to, to you and Claude part two. He had to ask you to fight. There was, there was no, there's no other way. No, he never asked. He, he, I motherfucked him. <laughs> I said shit that you want to talk about being in trouble for the shit that I said to him. I could never fucking, re- I can, I can only repeat it in certain company because, because that's, you know, time and place. And I still didn't think that's why I let him get the first shot. And I just still didn't think that he was going to, you know, that, that, that opening, that opening night when you guys had to go, he had to go though. You know, that's, oh, that's- oh, oh, dude, because it was more important, not for me, for his guys, damn, he damn, had damn. to, he had to show damn. his guys yep. that he, there, he didn't have a choice. No. Like, and, and you know what? I bet you, if, if you really beat the shit out of Claude and hurt him, you know what? At the end of the day, Claude will go, I had to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and the guys in the room would tap their stick and say, that a boy, Claude, that a yeah. boy. It you ain't about, to, most of the time, it. it's not about winning or losing. It's about showing up. Yep. How many they times you heard that? You had to do it. Yes. You got to answer the bell. All right. Well, that's, you know, it, it should be intriguing. We'll see how bad we are with our picks in the uh, <laughs> second round of the playoffs. <laughs> um, but, dude, big day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Big day tomorrow, NFL draft. Yeah, bu- busy day. We're gonna be, uh, gosh, we're going out there at six o'clock, and we're gonna be live out there, and we're gonna. Where can to where, where are you gonna be? You uh, uh, WJR. Th- thanks. Seven sixty uh, a.m. Uh, Miller's gonna be out there. Lomas Brown's Miller, gonna be Lomas out there. Brown. Uh, Steve Courtney, I know you know Steve ah. back in the day. So we're all gonna be out there. Uh, Ron Wood. Uh, we're gonna have. Um, where's where are you guys gonna be at Allen, Allen Park, Park like they they put on a really cool show for the fans I mean I gotta give the Lions really? credit they they invite you know a lot of fans and uh season ticket holders they put on a really cool show uh you know they'll have the guys out there announce the pick and so we're doing the show um through the Lions pick well after the Lions pick tomorrow and then we're gonna be out there again on on Friday interviewing the new whoever the new first rounder is and you know, getting the latest with guys that come in the second and third round and hopefully multiple guys. So, you know what? It's a rush. It's, Mac, you've been through it, but to people out there, 
Um, and I yeah, wish, but I don't remember that was fucking. Well, I wish I wish the NHL I wish I wish ago. the NHL draft would come here because I was I a sixteen year old kid. Think it, I think it probably will. I was a sixteen year old kid when it was here, and I like I couldn't. My buddies and I drove down. We all lied to our parents. I'm going over Perry's house. I'm going over Max's house, and we all drove down to Joe Lewis because our parents didn't want us you going out of Detroit. We did. Gas. Yeah, we no, we, we did. Right. So. Um, you know, it's it's a great experience, and you know, it's you know the, a day that these guys are never going to forget. But most importantly, I think the beauty of a cap league and the the NHL says this now: you get rewarded for sucking. If you suck, you can get out of it. You have to. That it doesn't mean there's a guarantee, but you we're going to give you a high draft choice. And, and what you make of the high draft choice is what determines your future. And that's what Bob Quinn's trying to do with this franchise. Is, uh, make those draft picks count and get value in later rounds. And and that's something, when we talk about the Red Wings' long-term success, how many of those guys did you see taken in the sixth round, in the seventh round, in the fifth round, taking a chance on the Russians that nobody thought there was a snowball's chance in hell than any of those Why, guys we got Russian football here. players out there? <laughs> I mean, is that Bob Quinn? Wait, wait, you got breaking news? Let's go. Let's, they're, they're out there scouting right now. Yeah, they no, got to have some big linemen no, in Siber- that, that, Siberia, don't they? You know what? That's that's how you build That's how you build a good franchise is, is, is you get value out of those picks and – um, you know, there's a certain number that you're going to get in the second or third round uh, that you're going to pay a guy that fits better into the cap. And if you can get the most out of a Kenny Galladay, if you can get the most out of a, a Carrion Johnson in the second round, Carrion Johnson is playing like any first rounder. When he's healthy, he's playing like any first. Kenny Galladay is is playing like a, a pretty dumb wide receiver. Speed. You know, so and and yet you're paying him third round money. That that's that's how you change. The that's culture how culture changes. I, I, and it, would that not be? You know, we're talking about culture and change and whatever. Is that not the, the New England way? Yeah. Right? No, no, as far as the 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 bargain. Yeah, I mean, to, to build your team. I mean, I don't know. Do you not? I was taught that if you see somebody doing something that you want to do, find out how they're doing it and just do the same stuff. Copycat. Copycat, and 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 it is elite. Is that what we're seeing here? Where you're seeing it twofold. You're seeing it in the front office, and you're seeing it in the locker room. Because I'm sure you guys have heard the story. The first day of camp last year, we're all out at camp, and uh, Patricia, maybe ten minutes into camp, loses his mind, and he gets up in a guy's grill. Um, you know, middle of the field. We're far away from it, but he's screaming. Who's the guy? I don't remember who it was because I it mean, was, too, was it? It was a, a lineman. It was a lineman. But was it a? No, it wasn't. It it wasn't. We would have known if it was one of the big guys. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a di- see. Here's well, I can tell you what he said. I'm I'm I won't include all the language, but the the basic gist of it was, I'm going to cut you. No, I'm not going to cut you. I'm going to keep you here until the very last day just to work your ass, and then I'm going to cut you. I mean, that was to, to paraphrase what was going on. And but you that know, what sounds the thing right is? out of Belichick's book. Yeah, but you know, you know what the <laughs> thing is, though, Mac. Here's the word of the night again: culture. You know what happened? We all instinctively turned our heads around to Mike O'Hara, who I got the utmost respect for. A guy's covered the lines forever. And everybody kind of looked around at O'Hara like, have you heard this before? Nobody had to say it. And Mike just looked at all of us and goes, nope, I've never heard anything like that. All my years being out here. And that's what he had to do. He had to come in here and say the way that things have operated before, and that's no disrespect. That's no disrespect to Coach Caldwell. But he said, this is the way we're going to do things from now on. This is this is the way it is. It wasn't shiny happy people holding hands and and club happy times. 
You were going to work. And I, I think it took most of the season for guys to buy in. And if you remember, uh, you, you, you had some of the veteran players kind of speak out late in the year. You know, Ricky Jean-Francois, in particular, after the last game said, hey, some guys have to decide, are they going to buy in or not? You know, if you remember, that was the big, that was his big speech after the end of the year. And, and it, it is. And, and what, like, Sean, when, when you say that, buy-in, what is it exactly? Or what can, like, we relate to, I'm trying to relate to the listeners. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try The best way I can describe it is, is maybe, what, what was the, the famous quote by, I, I heard Dryden say it mm. and, and Shut say it about Scott. 364 days a yep. year, you hate his guts, 365, you get your ring. Yep. I mean, and and I think you can relate to that, and I think a lot of the guys on the Red Wings. Can so, relate so pretty to that. much what you're saying is that if if because it's a, I, the Scotty Bowman effect is that you realize that he's smarter, he's five steps ahead, like Kasparov or or Bobby Fischer in chess, but you trust the process. Yep. So the fact is, it's almost like uh, it, the culture is it's exactly opposite or what they have to build over there because they have zero right we bring back right you got mount everest or or rushmore when you bring like there's two across the road at ford field are starting from scratch and never been there at least in our lifetime Mm -hmm. right in the Mm -hmm. 50s doesn't count Mm -hmm. okay across the road at little caesars right you you just revamped, brought back everything as far as culture, credibility, history, impact. If that was a download into Little Caesars Arena, you got everything out of everywhere, right? So uh, people understand that, that hopefully maybe, you know, that's that once they do buy in, because once you get the right people there to buy in, that's when you start making progress. So, so my question to you, are the right people there? I think they are. Uh, I really, truly say that. Um, I, I like the one thing that Bob said that I absolutely love because I think all Lion fans and probably us in the room at one period of time are all guilty of this. Bob said, I don't want to compare the Lions to the Lions anymore. I want to compare us to the rest of the National Football League. Absolutely. Because, you you know, around here, you know what we do, whether we want to admit it or not. Like the Lions a couple of years ago, Caldwell's last year, they go 9-7, and seven, right? And what what you had half the fan base saying, well, these are our first two winning seasons back-to-back in 20 years. Well, pardon me if I don't say whoopty-fucking-do. What does that mean? You, you went 9-7 and seven and you missed the playoffs. And, and so Bob said, I'm, I'm sorry, that we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to compare, say, this is the best Lion since this isn't. No, we're going to compare it to the rest of the National Football League. And see, when you say something like that and then you turn around and go 6-10, and 10, you put a bullseye on yourself. But I, I firmly believe that a big part of that, a big part of that was getting guys to buy in. And it's interesting because uh, Trey Flowers, you know, one of the things that I heard people say when Trey Flowers came here, well, he's just looking for a pay. He's just looking for, well, why the hell would he come to a place where he knows Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are there? He has familiarity with them and he knows they're going to kick his ass. If he was looking for a paycheck, why would he come to Detroit when <laughs> yeah. he knows that if I don't want to get barked at, I, I'll go someplace else. Cause I know these guys are going to be, you know, up my ass. But, um, so I think that's key. You know, now how does it translate this year? You have to wait and see what 
obviously plays out in the draft, and there's always the scrap people in the National Football League now. You know, one team's uh, trash is another team's treasure. I mean, it happens year after year. But um, I think right now as we sit here today, when you when you look at what they did via free agency, are they a better team than when the season in- ended? And the answer to that is undoubtedly yes. Right. I think that what I'd like uh, Lions fans as myself, what I'm going to, the perspective I'm going to try to take is that it's, and as long as, so you answered my question that you believe that the right people are in place. Mm-hmm. Step A, as moving forward softly. Because if we re- realize this, look in the National Football League, because the Lions have a great ability to fly under the radar, not in the games, but as culture mm-hmm. and to build that because who's going to be front and center this year, right down the road in Cleveland, the Browns who have made those splashes. Now that to me, that's just with all that, you know, you know, noise, I hope that they are successful, but that seems like it's volatile. What it seems here is that you have more of a, I guess, rubble foundation that you're starting from to do it, to do it from ground one like i said here at grind time i want to do it right and slowly but surely and you build the foundation you build the floor you know it goes back to the beginning you know hour and a half ago when we started this conversation about culture um the red wing one is 35 years so to speak in the making to start to come back culture is something that once you establish it then it's there right and I think the, the thing with the culture is also you're going to have the fans become part of that culture. As fans, we, we're not part, part of any culture. And same with the reporters. And same with the reporters because I go back to thinking back to it might have been late uh, training camp or the beginning of the season. And I remember a couple writers or reporters were talking about how Patricia already lost some of the players. And I'm going, wait a minute. To me, my first thought is having a brother in coaching and knowing the sports world and that going – well, maybe these guys aren't the right guys for this team. You know, maybe they're the ones that need to change their culture and their attitude and move on. And you know, it was fascinating. Did that happen? You know, you know, it was fascinating to watch some of the guys that that happened with. And in particular, I thought the young players. I thought there were a lot of young players that came in, and this is all they knew. Like I, I'll tell you what, Deshaun Hand is going to be a guy. I, I think people in this town are going to love him if they don't love him already. I was going mean, to say I like I, him. I, yeah. I, I, if they don't love, he's he's hysterical. His motor's always on, and that's that's half the battle. And I think what he has done as well is he's made others around him better. And I'll go back to what Max said when you when you pair it all down, and I'll compare like what's happening in Cleveland and what's happening in Detroit. Cleveland is sexy right now. They are. They've got the sexy quarterback in, in 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 Baker. There's no doubt about that. He had it last year. Okay, they got their sexy wide receiver. You know, they they got a couple sexy running backs. Now, I'm not saying that it's illegitimate, so please don't misconstrue. But you know what Bob Quinn's doing? Bob's saying we're going to start with the foundation, and and our foundation is our lines. And and it's taken him a couple off seasons to get what he wanted, and he might not be done yet with the offensive line. But it's taken him a couple off season to try to work that 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 line right. And unfortunately, some injuries have worked against him the last couple of years. And the same thing can be said about the defensive line. And now that you add Trey Flowers into the mix with Robinson, who looked completely reinvigorated last year. You know, this was a guy, if you ask any of the beat writers that you speak of, at the beginning of the year, everybody's sitting back going, this guy's not going to make it. It, it isn't happening. But you know what? 
in concert with with you know the young Deshaun Hand and some of the other pieces have you now bring in a, a guy like Trey Flowers. All of a sudden, guess what? It's starting to come together, and that's what you were talking about, Mac. That that foundation. That's the foundation that they're going to build, and and from there, then you can build from you know from from the inside out, so to speak. You know, then you can worry about all right. Well, let's go get a good number two receiver, a good number three receiver. You know, they might not have a full fledged stud on their team. They they might not. But I'll tell you what. I, I like Danny Amendola. I like Kenny Galladay. I like Marvin Jones coming back. That's a good receiving court. That's a good trio. And, and you know, you, you add a couple of pieces there. Think about what Stafford was throwing to the last four or five games of the year after they traded <laughs> after they traded Golden and and then um you know Marvin got hurt. It was Kenny Galladay and a bunch of us. You know, I mean you're just not gonna have a lot of success. So you take your lumps and uh you, you you build in my mind you build from the the outside in and that's what he's trying to do trying to get you know both trenches completely set and let's see where we can go from there. So eighth pick overall, mm-hmm. that that that's sort of a unique position, right? Because if to sit you know when you're sitting in top five, you sort of have an idea. But eights isn't eight sort of like uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they. Traded. I 100% agree with you. Mac, usually doing this for many years, whether it be at the fan or now at JR, um, doing these shows, I always yell at people when they suggest trade because the amount of times that somebody brings up trading a draft pick and the amount of times it happens are two different numbers. Right. But for the reasons that you just gave, because you're talking about the, the Giants at six, okay? If they don't take a quarterback at six, they have to take a quarterback at 17, which makes me think the Giants are going to take a quarterback at six. Well, then by that point in time, you're probably going to have Kyler Murray and let's say Daniel Jones. There's a lot of speculation that they really like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones Jones is a uh, quarterback. So, So then at that point in time, Haskins is out there. Okay, you know, you have Haskins and the kid from Missouri, Locke, is another kid that could go. Okay, so here are the teams behind the Lions. They're going to be drooling at one of those quarterbacks, in particular Dwayne Haskins. The Broncos at 10, the Bengals at 11, Miami at 13, and Washington at 15 are all going to be drooling. And you know what? Best case scenario for the Lions, you get a couple of those teams call and say, what do we need to do to move up to eight? And then you do what all general managers should do. You lie through your teeth. Hey, uh, Perry, I was just on the phone with Mac, and Mac said he's going to give me a first and uh, a second and a third. Well, oh, yeah, I'll give you a first, second, third, and fourth. Is that how it goes? Oh, guys lie through their teeth. No, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I get guys, they lie, through, lie their through their teeth. Through their teeth. Yeah. I'd, I'd actually like yeah, to guy, hear guys, those. Guys lie through their teeth. So, so because, Mike, Mike, is there anybody that has a possibility of falling to them at eight that they, you know, like – Oliver's not falling. Allen's not falling. Bosa's not falling. Is there somebody that might fall to them? You know, the, the speculation is uh, they're talking about uh, tight end Hawkinson. Hawkinson. I, I, I've heard a lot of people suggest that. I just don't think with the value that Bob Quinn has put on a tight end so far in his tenure, and all I can do is base it on what he's done so far, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think so either because, because he he's got he a – He's got a viable one in Jesse James mm-hmm. for what he's proven he mm-hmm. wants to do. Yep, I right now he just hasn't put value into a tight end so far. He he just hasn't. You know that's one thing that's kind of deviated from you know what the Patriots did because the Patriots had 
obviously Gronk and Aaron Hernandez before he lost his mind. But um, <laughs> you, you know, this, this it, it was was that the freaking nicest way to freaking put that? That's yeah. the best way I can put it. Uh, um, uh, Devin White is a guy that that I another guy that I I just don't think he's going to fall. There are some guys that you know. Um, you mentioned Hawkinson. I, I think Hawkinson ha- has to be mentioned. Um, Devin Bush from Michigan. Yeah, Dev- Devin Bush could be that type of guy that I think he could make um, Jared Davis a better player. Jared Davis really came on as the season went on. The problem that the Lions had is when you ask a guy, and you know this from playing, when you ask a guy to be something he's not, you're screwing yourself and you're screwing the guy. Right. You know? You screw the guy more Ma- than anything. Mac, Mac, you put him on bad tape. Mac, you put him in a bad spot. Yeah, what, do you it, want me to play D? Yeah, Stay yeah. backwards? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking suck it. I was going to say, you know what? Nick Shit. could make anybody look good. He could. Listen, what are you but, talking about? But you're not going to throw Darren McCarty on, on, Nick's, on Nick's left side, you know? Well, you could throw me on my right on Nick's right side, and that's the only probable way that I could get through it, right, Dandy? <laughs> That'd be Matthew Dandino, yes. Yeah. Oh, you go to Matthew Dandino? He, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's swearing in French right now. I, I, I'm sure. I love you, uh, Matthew. He, he, yeah. yeah. But no, so um, ba- basically. You know, if you get a guy that can come in and and he can take the the backs out of, because I look back at the Dallas game, okay, and I think that's what everybody you know really pegs on Jared Davis. Jared Davis isn't the type of linebacker that should be out in coverage on Ezekiel Elliott. So that play happens, and people go, people go, oh, this Davis guy, this Davis guy sucks. That shouldn't happen. Like he shouldn't be in coverage out with Zeke Elliott. He should be the guy that's. You need that sideline to sideline guy, you know, and 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 so I think there's some speculation now, that you know it, uh, that it, could fit the bill. Is yeah, because that's one thing too, and I think that you you touch on a good point. Is there like because if somebody comes in here that they can add, that can help who they have already, like you said, to be able to if it's uh, Jared Davis being in the middle calling the signals, if he's got a one less responsibility, then he gets to focus more on that. And I think that just goes to show you depth. And and depth is probably the biggest got it. thing that they need. Yeah. You, you, know? you know what? All of a sudden they look, in my mind, they look pretty good uh, in the defensive backfield. You know, you, you not only, I mean, you have Darius Slay, but the additions that they had, I, I think that, you know, you, you probably need another safety, but you don't have to worry about that until down the line. So a lot of things really do look um, Jonah Williams is, is a lineman out of Alabama that his name's been mentioned a lot. Well, you might not be able to take him at eight. You know, a lot of people might weep and wail and gnash your teeth, but if, if you can trade down, say to 13, Miami That's, says my, Miami's, right. you know what? Maybe the object a, is to pick up to pick, if they can get use that eight to pick up an extra yeah, player, you, you especially him, second round or late the, first. The one thing that the scouts are saying this year, and one of my, buddies as a scout and he's been saying this to me since january and and you know this from from being a junior hockey guy there are just some drafts that that shape up differently they're very top heavy you know sometimes you get that draft that's very this this draft, one this one's sort of second tier. round like, middle tier. Like, yep that's what everybody like the power the powers in the strength of role players mm-hmm. or in the guys that you need you know, it might not be your, your sexy. breakaway sex. Let's, car- yeah. let's get a carry on Johnson in the second round again. And Somebody my, like that. You know what, Mac? My Here, we already have one. My buddy, my buddy used the term. One. My buddy used, he said, probably between 25 and 70 is where the value is in the draft. It was funny. He's been saying that for months. 
And Bob Quinn came out and said, there's a lot of guys in the second I, and third round that. that we really like. So, so, so that would be, so, you know, I'm trying to, I want my listeners out there to, you know, when you watch and obviously coming from, you know, I never played football, but I've been a Lions fan and stuff like that. So it's just, uh, sometimes when you have a little bit, I, so I'll be, look, this is what I'll be looking for tomorrow right. watching because if it plays out, right. Cause it all changes. Cause you know, now as it come down to you talk about posturing, you know, it's been Kyler Murray going first all along. And then now it's like, Oh, cause you never know if, if something in the top three or four or five doesn't go the way it does it, that splits everybody else up. But if the Lions don't, if they're going to take somebody, who would it be? But if not, look for them to solidify a bunch of picks. Zadina last year. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. We're and talking I hockey mean, again. Yeah. I mean, nobody thought Zadina would be there at six. Nobody thought. And you have to take him. Yeah, you had to take him. No ifs, ands, or buts. You had to take him because, as you said, all it took was one team and it, it was Bergevin in Montreal that fell in love with the Finn. And the kid was all right. You know, for an 18-year-old, he played the whole year in the league. And let's see what happens. He was all right. But all it takes is that one team that, that kind of goes off the board. And we were talking before the show. The, the interesting thing is a lot of people had uh, Haskins, who's a New Jersey kid, going to the Giants. Like, that was a mm-hmm. foregone conclusion, to your point, Mac. Well, you know what happened? Like, two minutes before we started taping this is now all the reports are saying the Daniel Giants Jones. are in love with Daniel Jones. I, that, that's, so there are so many smoke screens out. Right now, guys are lying through their teeth, just throwing things out there, just false things to try to get people off off the thing. But, uh, Mac, I, I, I'm with you. You brought it up to start the conversation. If there was every year where the Lions could trade down, it, it's this year only because of the premium put on the quarterback in the National Football League right now and the teams behind them at 10, 11, 13, and 15 that are all looking for a quarterback. And nobody wants to be left out. If So if you see... Like we were just talking about Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones off the board. Well, now all of a sudden you have four teams sitting there going, okay, um, it's Locke or Haskins. And then you've got the Rosen factor because Rosen, in all likelihood, right. isn't going to be staying in, in, in Arizona uh, after they take uh, Murray. So uh, teams are going to be jockeying, and, and the Lions are definitely one of those teams that they're going to call. Let's Let's hope that there's a team out there, I'm hoping like the Raiders, that drafted like the Lions used to when they had the first and second overall picks, and they miss and take those picks yeah, that just just Russell. miss, just <laughs> you know, right? That they just miss, I, and then know, it falls down into our lap finally, and we can take advantage. Do you of have other a wish? Teams. Do you have a wish pick like to fall down? Because because to go, uh, you know, it's funny that you brought that up about Jared Davis because if uh, I'll looking at all the things that, and I don't think he's gonna fall, but for me, um, Devin White. Linebacker That's LSU. I, you know what? Sideline to sideline, guy. Just to what you're saying, but I don't think he's falling. But that to me would be one of those guys that might be, might be too to good take. to be true. You have to take because it might not set you up. Do you see? Uh, no, I mean you never know. I mean no. Josh Allen is the same way. I, I'd feel the exact same way. I, I'd probably start weeping on the air, and everybody would make fun of me uh, because <laughs> it, are you kidding me? This is this is available, but. Um, Mac, it, it all depends. Like there was the one year where the Lions ended up taking Nick Fairley, and unfortunately, as we know, it didn't exactly work out. But all it takes is that one team. Like I call it, I refer to it as the Christian Ponder, 
where nobody had Christian Ponder going where he eventually went. But the Vikings saw something in Christian Ponder and decided to go with it. Well, at that point in time... Still looking? Every, yeah, right? Every, everything, every... I think his wife's a better quarterback, but everything that happened to that point in time, honestly... Everything changed it, with that pick. Everything changed. What we, what all these months of doing mock draft after mock draft, everything changed after that pick. All it takes is one. That's it. And so, who knows? Maybe there could be a, a, a free fall. Um, you know, I mean, it's well documented. Some of the guys that why is this guy still on the board? And that's another. We were talking about painful moments. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sitting in the green room all those years ago. That was just like, stop putting the camera on the poor kid. You know, he's trying to put the brave face on, but. Like knock it off already. That's where it started. Uh, that, it, no, no, that, he's had that. Knock it, it off and already. it's not a chip like Tom Brady chip. It's just like a like that smug, like it's never left. I'm gonna. Well, that was. I'm sure you guys saw the story that came out a few weeks back where um, this reporter up in Green Bay talked to multiple guys who actually went on the record, uh, former teammates, and then of course the obligatory former teammates refused to go on the record. And one guy adamantly said. His problems with Mike McCarthy started when Mike McCarthy was with San Francisco and adamantly said, we got the best quarterback in the draft in Alex Smith. And from that day, Aaron Rodgers had a chip on his shoulder. So when Mike McCarthy comes into Green Bay as his coach, even though they had all that success and they won a Super Bowl and everything, again, I'm just telling you what the truth that he he said. He said, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, just had a chip on his shoulder for McCarthy the entire time because in, in the back of his head, he remembers him saying, Alex Smith is the best quarterback. And, and to me, at that point, well, what are you supposed to say? This is a guy you just picked, right? Well, you know what? We took this Alex Smith guy, but I'll tell you what, I think that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. You know what I mean? But uh, Aaron Rodgers, Some, and that's it has been people. the fuel to his fire. It right. has been the fuel to his fire. But, but again, here's the difference. His fuel to his fire has gotten selfish. Oh, selfish! Wait, Brady's is fuel to his fire to make a better team, to make a better, to prove everybody wrong with the help. Right? Aaron's always about Aaron. You know, it's amazing that that they want. It's just, and it just guys are like that. I can't believe they didn't win more. When you think of some of the teams, well, it, it, had, it, culture. Yeah, I can't believe they and didn't and win not more. no, it it explains it because that's. They're fighting, you know, that that's the old adage is that they won one and they should have won four. Instead of one four should have won one. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just crazy. It, it'll be it'll be interesting even no matter how it plays. Well, out. this is this is it is number eight is a really weird pick this year. And and you know, some people might look at it and go, Oh, typical Lions, there's no sure thing. Well, yeah, that's one mindset to take. Or you could look at this as opportunity. And and I I think a lot of times if you listen to a general manager or you listen to a coach, and, and I say this to people in the media all the time, if you pay attention, they're going to give you the answer that you're looking for. Absolutely. All you have to do is listen. So when Bob Quinn made a point to say last week, we're open for business. If a team is looking to trade out, we're open for business. I don't think that was a smokescreen. I, I think that that is something legitimately they're looking at. And he's, It's not like he's not apt to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what else is cool is he, if he sees somebody he likes, like on Johnson, in the second round, he'll say, all right, I'm going to move up. If, 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 it, if it costs me a third-round pick, so be it. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take Kerryon Johnson. See, again, you know, and, and that's, Sean, that's absolutely the perfect, 
perfect way to end it is the fact that you said that we're not Bob Quinn, who's the general manager. We're gonna we're gonna quit comparing the Lions to the Lions, and I think that direction. And you know, we're we're sitting here on top of the world for not making the playoffs and moving forward with the Red Wings in the direction and the culture and everything that we have moving forward. Like I said, proverbial. It's gonna be all right. I don't know what it means, but it's gonna be all right. I think that take some of that and let's what why not have faith in in what the lions are doing and at least allow them because you know what at the end of the day they're just going to break our hearts again that's the worst thing the best thing is we might actually have something different mac you brought up something and i i cannot stand when i hear people say the lions suck and they're always going to suck because you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the red wings suck and the red wings are always going to suck uh, really, I mean, like, because hey, from I, grew, I grew up in that. Hey, I grew up in that, and as a fan of the Deadwind, and I decided that I was going to make it my life's mission to change that. Yeah, no, and and Matt, <laughs> listen, you know, no, you know what, you know what happens? It starts with getting good management Absolutely. in place. It starts with Jimmy. So, hey, call a coward says the best thing. Chase good management. Don't chase good talent. Yep. You know, no matter what, you cannot. I think that that's the, what I've learned. It's it's who you surround yourself with, and it's the that are and to know that you can't do it alone. I mean that that's that's the whole thing. And 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 to be quite frank, as we're here with grind time, um, for another episode, and Shawnee, I thank you anytime. Um, you know that, yeah. And yeah. we'll 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 definitely uh, uh, we got big things planned here, at grind time with Darren McCarty, and get the right people starting to get in place, and you know, to have these conversations because. You know, to look forward to as I'm going to leave you at halfway through the second, two nothing Washington. So unless I don't think Carolina's got uh, the faithfulness of the San Jose, um, you can listen to Sean tomorrow on WJR and take in the uh, all the draft stuff. But it's it's an exciting time. It is, you know, especially for as shitty as it's been around here for sports teams. Let's get it fuck, not get it twisted, right? It's not very good to be a 12 year old in this town, but Guys, by the time you're 15, it'll be a lot better. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember, for Perry, Evan, thank you, Sean. Remember, guys, no matter what, no matter how many times you fall down, you got to get yourself back up. That's grind time. We're out.